Welcome to Jay Talking. This is our Veterans Day edition to everyone who served America, who was willing to put his or her life on the line for our country, and for each of us, thank you. Give us what you think about the podcast. Tweet me at the letter J-S-O-R-G-I. That's J-S-O-R-G-I. Let us know what you think of what you're hearing, what you would love to hear on the podcast. Later on, we are going to get very specific Packers 49ers travel tips for the game coming up in 13 days. I know a lot of you Packers fans are going to want to head out to San Francisco and avoid this brutal winter weather we're going through right now. Rose Gray of Fox World Travel gives us those tips on things to look to to do, things to look for, things to enjoy out in the Bay Area. But first, we're going to talk with someone who made his football life in the Bay Area, someone who was part of the San Francisco 49ers championship teams in the 80s, who still follows the 49ers today. He'll give us a little insight on them and who has covered the military academies and their football programs for the last decade. Randy Cross of CBS College Sports. He dives into football and a lot more about what today and Veterans Day means. We also want to plug our Operation Glory for Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. We're raising money for them to send an entire plane of veterans, particularly Vietnam veterans, to their memorials in Washington, D.C. To help with that, go to WTMJ.com slash WTMJCares and make your donation. We're trying to raise $50,000 to take care of an entire plane of veterans sometime next year. This is a special treat here in the Jay Talking Podcast. We're talking with a podcast host of his own about the San Francisco 49ers themselves. Not just breaking down the team today, but his experience with the 49ers. He can also offer us tips on what fans should experience when they head to the barrier for the game in 13 days. And a lot more subjects of importance to discuss particularly the experience of veterans in the military here on this Veterans Day. Randy Cross from CBS College Sports, 49er legend and college football Hall of Famer. Thank you so much for taking time and joining us. Ah, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure. Now, Randy, this is the Packers' next game, their contest on November 24th against the San Francisco 49ers. But there are two 49ers games between the time that we're taping this and that contest on November 24th. And as we tape this, they are the only undefeated team in pro football. Uh, third in scoring offense, second in scoring defense. And uh, outside, though, of Jimmy Garoppolo and Richard Sherman, there aren't a lot of recognizable names to this team. What's the secret so far? Well, I, their defense has been nothing short of amazing. You know, Richard Sherman sort of being the, the bell cow at the moment, the, 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 the leader with experience in that group. Um, you got the rookie Bosa, you've got Buckner, you've got Armstead. I mean, they've got all kinds of number one draft picks in the front seven group. Um, but the defense really has been the highlight. That in the typical Shanahan uh, outside zone stretch type plays that are being run so well by Matt Breida and the rest of those running backs. You're noticing some familiarity for Packers fans who may not necessarily know much about what this 49ers team has in terms of personnel, but it's very familiar in some ways with the schemes that the Packers are running, perhaps, because you have that connection between 
Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan, the 49ers head coach. And it seems as if this is the newest, um, shall we say, innovative type of football that we're seeing on both sides of the line of scrimmage, offensively and defensively. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, offense, everything, everything old is new again. There's, there's not that many original ideas. I, I think there's original scheming and there's original, um, you know, sort of tweaking that goes on with different, you know, motions and formations. And offensively, that's the big thing. Uh, offensively, it's if you're a defense, you better not to- totally believe what your eyes are telling you because they're lying. <laughs> and on the, on the on the offensive side, when you're looking at a defense, it's exactly the same because they're disguising so well these days. Really, their intentions and what they're going to run. You know, I I just think it's uh, about as good as it gets. It's it's been fun to watch, um, and especially the the jobs that you know you look at Lafleur, you look at uh, Shanahan, and you watch some of their games and how they do things, especially offensively. Um, it kind of harkens back to other great coaches that have been able to use their, their players similarly. Randy Cross, you had a chance to play under one of the most innovative offensive coaches the sport has ever seen in Bill Walsh. When you were with the 49ers, won multiple Super Bowls with that team. How much does he still mean to you personally, and how much does he, does he mean to what pro football has become today? Well, to me, I, I was with him his whole 10-year career at San Francisco. Um, he was an amazing, amazing man. Uh, he was a good friend. Uh, he was a friend early, and then we kind of did a job on uh, that relationship as a team uh, back in 82 when we sort of over-celebrated our first Super Bowl, got a little over our skis. And then I think after after we both retired, and we spent quite a bit of time, um, you know, walking on golf courses and just talking in general, which was fantastic. He was a, he was a great man, a great coach, and anybody looking to be in the coaching business, it says a lot that you know you just look up his books, read those. It'll tell you what kind what you're getting into. And the coaching tree of Walsh still permeates through the NFL today. We in Green Bay think about how the offensive philosophies moved with Mike Holmgren up to 1265 Lombardi Avenue and turned that into a championship team in the 1990s with Mike Holmgren. I should ask you about this, too. What was Holmgren like as an assistant coach when you played with with him? He was great. He was great. You know, you, you, you really get to know a person when they're assistant coaches. When they're when they're head coaches, you know most people that that get those positions, you know, think they've got to, and to to a degree they do, just sort of separate themselves. That's not the not the thing when you've got assistant coaches. You're with them on a daily, hourly basis. And Mike was a fantastic guy, um, great great wife and kids and everything else. Um, it was a it was a pleasure. Not only you know sort of being coached by him and being around him, but then getting to cover him in later years with CBS up in Green Bay was quite a pleasure. Talking with Randy Cross, legendary San Francisco 49er college football Hall of Famer, host of his own podcast as well as covering Navy football for CBS College Sports. 
Packers fans love to inundate the opponent when they travel and the team travels on the road, and this will probably be no different when Packers fans head to the Bay Area for that November 24th contest in 13 days against the 49ers. Randy, we're going to ask you to be a little bit of a travel guide for us. What's the San Francisco and what's the Bay Area that perhaps maybe the regular tourists might be missing that they should check out? Favorite places to go? The, what were the Randy Cross spots in San Francisco that people ought to check out? Well, it, it depends on where you're really going to stay because that stadium now is nowhere near San Francisco. It's right next to the San Jose Airport, as a matter of fact. Um, so if you go down the South Bay, you know, you're, if you're staying down near the stadium, you're actually closer to um, Monterey, Carmel, Pebble Beach, that kind of stuff than you are um, to the wine country, you know, up north of San Francisco. So it's, uh, you, you can consider that if you're there long enough. But, you know, it's, it's California in, in, you know, late November. It, it'll be beautiful, more than likely. You'll have good weather. Um, and, you know, it's, it's up to you. You're, there's plenty of wine, wineries and stuff like that. If you want to take in that, there's unbelievable restaurants in the area. And, you know, failing that, if you're staying in San Jose, go over the hill and check out Santa Cruz. You're mentioning good weather right now as uh, snow flurries and much worse are falling right now here in the Milwaukee area. I think yeah, we're getting I, a lot of tourists. I game last night. <laughs> Absol- an absolutely perfect snow globe experience in Green Bay that I think people will want to head out once they see all this current condition outside their window. Well, I want to talk to you as well about your current career, your current journey as you are at you mentioned entering broadcasting covering games for cbs eventually then with nbc and now back with cbs you've spent the better part of a decade covering navy football and previously army football there's a bit of a connection there not only in terms of uh, the military itself and and uh, covering these service academies but as well as within your own family yeah yeah i mean my dad like as so many of us and it's an ever-dwindling group. Um, he served in World War II. He was a Marine, uh, was on Guadalcanal, um, a couple other of the island hops he was a part of. And uh, I grew up sort of hearing about that and going to a couple of his reunions uh, with his group uh, on a yearly basis. And then later on, about uh, 64 or so, uh, my dad was an actor, so I grew up in L.A. and around the whole Hollywood scene. And he had a, a series that was on uh, called Blue Angels. So that was kind of a Navy connection. And, uh, you know, with the, the Blue Angels, the Marines, and everything else, I, uh, I, I got quite an experience from that standpoint and getting to be around these unbelievable, you know, men and women that spend their time at these academies is incredible because – you hear the term best of the best, and it's it's used in reference to the academies, but until you're up close and personal with these people, you really don't appreciate how amazing they are. And, I mean, each one of them, when you get a chance to sit down and talk to them, is kind of, you know, they walk out of the room and you go, you know what, that's exactly how I wanted my son to turn out. <laughs> nice. And he did. I was lucky. But, you know, it's uh, they're, they're, they're really uh, a breed apart. 
for those of us who don't necessarily understand the life of a service academy football player, and you've had a chance to cover them now now for a decade, what is that life like that's different from, say, the average college football player and different from the average member of a service academy? Well, the the most significant difference for compared to a normal, you know, major college football player, um, football itself at the academies, you know, all three of them, um, is their time off. It's their time away. It's their kind of escape. Because the normal life, I mean, it starts at 6, 6 a.m. and it goes till 10 p.m., then there's lights out and they're blowing their the alarms go off bright and early the next morning and they they are in classes most of the day and then they have to put aside a couple hours for their practice and another hour or so for meetings it's it's jam packed it's a uh, it's 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 quite incredible the schedules they have because if you study what a normal you know cadet or midshipman or whatever uh, has during the course of their day and the course loads they take, it'll it'll impress you. Trust me. And the, the time management is pretty pretty stunning. We could all probably learn a few lessons from them. I guarantee that. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Randy Cross joining us here on the Jay Talking Podcast. We're going to link your own podcast uh, in our posting about with this podcast today. Tell us more about that podcast and not just the sports you cover, but how you discuss the military and veterans experiences well yeah it's uh it's the randy cross podcast this is my second season of doing it as that iteration i i did it it had a different name um i went by unsafe spaces uh for for a few years had a lot of fun doing that but um we we tend to touch on a lot of diverse subjects um, hey, we'll, we'll do football. We'll, we'll talk about science. We'll talk about sp- other sports. We've got a section called, uh, the Wambulance, which is sort of the crazy story of the day or something that really catches me. We've got the feel good stories, which are, are pretty special. And thankfully they're very abundant. The ones that you read and, uh, you know, really, really impress you and, and make you, you know, it's great stuff to to point out to to other people. Um, I just, I just love it. I've got a very talented producer who who does an amazing job. And you know, it's it's at my website, randycross.com. So if you want to check that out and check any back uh, issues of it, it's uh, it's pretty easy to check out. And we will link that on the Jay Talking podcast as well. Randy, we're raising money today here at WTMJ for Stars and Stripes Honor Flight. It's called Operation Glory. Our goal is to raise as much as it takes to send an entire plane of veterans, particularly Vietnam veterans, to their memorials in Washington, D.C. and give them a day of a lifetime. We were talking before we started recording. You had a chance to see the effect of an honor flight while you were shooting a documentary in Washington, D.C. Yeah, I did. We're, we're doing a documentary about veterans and, and sort of the history of them going all the way back to George Washington and tying in Cincinnati. And it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be out next year. But we, got, we're, we were filming at the World War II Memorial. And just as we were getting ready to go, um, a, a thunderstorm broke out. So we had to run over, get under the trees and get under cover 
for this quick storm. And as we got under the trees, we heard this bus sound. And we, I stuck my head around the corner, and here come like five buses. And I just said, hey, it's a tour group. But then we saw the signs on the door, and it was an honor flight. It was a group from Chicago. And it was not only World War II vets. They had 10 of them in the group. They had Korean uh, War vets, and they also had Vietnam War vets. And that was for that honor flight out of Chicago. That was the first time they said they, they'd include the Vietnam vets, which is, to me, really important. Because if, if there's a group of veterans um, that deserve a little extra recognition at this time, it's that group. Because they're a group that, you know, during their period of service um, were disrespected and, you know, sort of maltreated by the country in general, the general public, not the, not the DOD or any of that, but the way they were greeted upon return from Vietnam and everything else is something this country, you know, I think owes a, a, serious, a serious debt to those people, uh, what they did and kind of what they went through. You may never hear about that, but that's, uh, that's my opinion on on the Vietnam vets. I, I, I lived through it personally and, and, you know, just, I knew I had friends, I had family, and I think it's something that, you know, more people should be aware of. They're, they're an amazing group. And that whole body of vets starting with World War II into Vietnam, including Iraq and Afghanistan, but especially those first three wars, that is a, a really dwindling group. And, and we're losing them at a pretty good rate. And those are those are guys and, and, and women that, you know, we need to get stories out of. We need to get experiences out of. And you need to say thank you. Having gone on the previous honor flight back in October, covering it here for WTMJ, you mentioned the words, stories that we don't hear about. And so many of the stories are stories that so many veterans from that time were not necessarily able to share in even to their own families until they went on this honor flight experience. I remember talking to one Vietnam veteran that was on this trip that said, the Vietnam War ended for me today, the moment that I was able to go to the Vietnam Wall and have the kind of cathartic experience to be able to finally let go and to be able to receive those thanks that I never received because of the state of our country at the time and the inability to separate the veteran from a cause that perhaps the the nation didn't necessarily believe in in terms of the war, but to finally be able to say, listen, we need to thank you no matter what, because you were willing to put your life on the line for us. Yeah, abs- absolutely. You, you know, people have to remember. And, and like I said, they have to say thank you. But this was a group, I mean, they, they were spit on at the airports when they came home. Many of them would change out of their uniforms and the civilian clothes, you know, on the planes, so they didn't have to go through through that. In the airports, uh, the greetings in the communities, you know, we, we're so used to now, you know, the the great, you know, between the honor flights and the unbelievable scenes in the airport when the soldiers come home and whatnot from conflicts wherever they're serving. You know, the people that just break out in applause. Well, that wasn't a case for the Vietnam vets. 
And, you know, that's that's something everyone should be just a little bit embarrassed about because it's got nothing to do about politics or anything else. It has everything to do about service. People willing to give their lives for us. We're going to throw the link up on WTMJ.com slash WTMJ Cares for anyone who wants to donate to that. And Randy Cross, we want to go to our final topic of discussion, one that is near and dear to your heart as well. Burgers. I see you posting <laughs> burger after burger on your Twitter account, on your Instagram account especially, and your love of that particular food. How did that, how did that become something for you? Well, I mean, heck, I'm American. So that's, <laughs> that qualifies. I'm male and I'm breathing, so I got all of them covered. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's something I've always I've loved that particular food. Um, it's, it's something that I think very, everyone can relate to. Uh, it, it, it's also, to be honest with you, Jay, it's a very safe subject, especially when you're on social media, because people tend to lose their flipping minds. You notice. So quick, you know, at warp speed, you know, it's hard to, hard to argue with a picture of a hamburger. <laughs> you know what? You know, it's like. They're like, go ahead. You like it? Well, I don't like it. Well, then don't eat it. <laughs> <laughs> all I, I especially love your pictures with all that cheese oozing out. With all of us oh. here in Wisconsin, the, the land of cheese, we especially appreciate that. Oh, I, of, of course. <laughs> and, and just to make the Wisconsin fans happy, I mean, they've got to have a little butter on that bun, too. Beautiful. Best place, if we're talking about San Francisco with a Packers 49ers game coming up, best places in the Bay Area to grab a burger? What, what are your picks? Um, you know what? There, there, there's all there's all sorts of places. There's a place that we used to go to called the Canyon Inn. It's in Redwood City. It's up in the foothills um, above 101. It, it's it's pretty special. It's just a little hole in the wall, but they make great hamburgers at the Canyon Inn. I'll also give a plug. Having traveled to the Bay Area just a few months ago. Ever been to Gott's Roadside uh, over uh, in the Ferry Building or any of the other locations? Oh, no, I haven't. Oh, no, I haven't. Outstanding burger. Uh, I had what they call, call California burger, avocado on it, and some of the biggest strips of bacon you've ever seen in your life. Just kill it. Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it's not bacon, it's not a burger. So you got you to gotta have that between that and cheese. Got to have cheese, got to have bacon. And you don't have any of this plant-based garbage where they're trying to force on us now. <laughs> Randy Cross, your uh, your thoughts about so many different subjects are massively appreciated here on the podcast, as we'll be posting this today, everything from football to food to veterans on this Veterans Day. Thank you so much for taking time with us. And win or lose, no matter what happens on that game, the your perspectives are appreciated let's enjoy this upcoming showdown coming up on the 24th with a beer and a burger deal there you go there you go thanks jay appreciate it man there's an entire bay area to check out one of the best travel destinations in the united states we're going to focus on that today tweet us at the letter j-s-o-r-g-i that's j-s-o-r-g-i Tell us what you think about what you're hearing on the podcast, what you would love to hear. As we dive into the Bay Area, we have ourselves WTMJ's travel expert from Fox World Travel, Rose Gray, sitting with us. Rose, thank you for joining us, and you are definitely a veteran of 
travel in the Bay Area. Oh my gosh. And thank you for having me because for those of you who may listen to me on Saturdays, you may know that San Francisco is my favorite city west of the Mississippi. I adore San Francisco. I got a chance to experience it earlier this year when uh, our son and I went out on our Brewers West Coast road trip. We saw the A's in Oakland, but we spent a day in San Francisco. Part of me was thinking, what makes this place so magical? And then you get there and you see just the beauty of the area and all the different things you can do in it, and you get captured by it so easily. And it, the, the ocean and the cliffs and the, the city of San Francisco itself is just a, a beautiful city, uh, an, an odd city, an yes. eclectic city. And uh, exploring it for a couple of days is something you may want to consider pre or post game. It definitely would be advised to get out there on a Thursday or spend a couple of extra days, depart on a Wednesday after the game on Sunday. Just to give you sort of a, a look at what we did, and you can say, that w- that's what you should do, or you missed something there. <laughs> we, we actually took an Airbnb in Berkeley because the, the cost was so much less expensive than what you're going to pay within the city itself. You use the BART system to get in town, which is so easy, so easy and user-friendly. We experienced the, the trolley system, maybe not so not much. Not so much. Because you've got some above ground, some below ground. But right there is the ferry building, right when you get in. And, you, and this historic building that is I mean, it's more than 100 years old, that's how people would get across the bay for decades before they built the BART system. Absolutely. And and there's nothing wrong with Berkeley. Did you get that very collegiate, cool feeling? That's a great vibe. Absolutely. Yeah. We caught Aaron Rodgers' home field. We saw the home field of Alex Morgan from the U.S. Women's National Soccer Team. But for my son picking up a blade of grass from where Aaron Rodgers played college football, that, that was cool for him. Then we get to the Ferry Building, and there are so many cool food options there. And if you are a lover of all things seafood, of course, that you're on the water. So there's great opportunities there. But chocolate, bread, yes. desserts, uh, unbelievable. Uh, I, I can't even tell you. And we, we always tell people, certainly have the chowda. Yes, in the absolutely. bowl, right? In the bread bowl, in the sourdough bread bowl. Uh, something that no other city can duplicate. And so many of those options are right there at the ferry building. We didn't do much else specifically downtown, though. What else would you advise in that downtown area? Well, like so did you go Street? to Coit Tower or did you see that as an option? We did not. Okay. So that's kind of an interesting art deco kind of a landmark building. And so uh, lots of people will, will do that. Uh, because there is a great transportation to get there. You know, as as crazy as it might seem, that Muni system, you can buy a city pass before you get there, is, is pretty re- re- reliable and pretty good. So Scoit Tower is one of the places that a lot of people see. Of course, the crookedest street in all of the world Lombard is street, Lombard right? Street. So lots of people will want to go and see that. That was laid out in 1920, and I'm not really sure what they were thinking or drinking when they laid out... <laughs> <laughs> that street, but it is a very crooked street, and it's something fun to do. There are, are eight or nine turns, and it's 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 kind of a fun thing to do. And then, of course, you end up at Fisherman's Wharf, and that cannot you, that's just a, a unique area that you can't miss. We did the wharf essentially twice. We did it late in the day when we went out to see 
sea lions. You can see sea lions right there. They're congregating right at Pier 39. Loud as can be, right? Barking like crazy. So Fisherman's Wharf, you think of Pier 39, and you want to make sure you do go to Pier 39 because there are some uh, great shops. Jay, being an Italian, you must have found some amazing Italian food there. Aliotto's Restaurant. It's a couple of piers away. Same family as the Aliotto's here in Milwaukee, by the way. And I'm not going to knock that particular restaurant, but this Aliotto's may be the best food in San Francisco, or at least competing among them. The seafood stew there is to die for. See, so there you go. So, and you don't have to just stick on Fisherman's Wharf that no. are uh, there to to get that kind of food. So, Pier Thirty Nine is it, but Fisherman's Wharf in general is the place to hang out. That that's where the Italian fishermen landed yeah. in the eighteen hundreds and developed that wharf. And you mentioned the natural beauty of San Francisco. That's one of the things that's so attractive there. Even if you don't want to spend oodles of dollars at the shops along Pier Thirty Nine, you could just sit there and stare at San Francisco Bay for an hour on end and the mountains behind it, Alcatraz Island out there. It's one of the most beautiful physical vistas I'd ever seen in my life. Well, and you brought up a really good uh, segue for me into Alcatraz. If you are hoping to go to Alcatraz, it's really in your best interest to buy those tickets in advance. They only can accommodate a certain number of ferries or boats that go over on a daily basis. And if you are one of those people that shows up and now you can't get on, that would be just, if that was fitting into your itinerary on a particular day at a particular time and now you don't get to go to Alcatraz, um, I find Alcatraz absolutely fascinating simply because I want to know, did people really escape? If if so, did they survive? You know, Al Capone w- was incarcerated there. Uh, uh, Machine Gun Kelly was incarcerated there. So it, it, it's very, very phenomenal. And so if you really do want to go see Alcatraz, just make sure that you buy your tickets before you arrive in San Francisco. It is going to probably, I would guess, and you can correct me on this if, if I'm incorrect, the odds are going to be against you finding tickets for that November 24th game weekend. I would say so. Yep, because we know how the Packer fans travel. And uh, we know how they travel when their um, uh, opponent is the San Francisco 49ers because uh, they are... They are our nemesis, are they not? They are among them. They are one among of the, one of the them. biggest so, rivals outside the division that the Packers have. Yep. So, so I feel like yes, I think that the Packer fans are going to uh, land in San Francisco and probably take over as they do every city that yes. they visit. Yes. A couple things I wanted to to get with you about when it comes to San Francisco as well. We did Chinatown. Absolute we love must. Chinatown. Absolute must. The most, in my opinion, the most realistic, because almost every big city, New York, Chicago, L.A., New Orleans, they've got Chinatowns. This is probably the most authentic Chinatown you feel like you are in China. I believe it was the first. Is that correct? I, I think so. I absolutely think so. Uh, the food is outstanding. Yes. The the smells, the people, the the streets, it, it's... Uh, it's indescribable. You have to go. What restaurant did you go to or restaurants have you been to? In you know, I can't even remember the name of it. It has something with the word kitchen in it okay. right now. But uh, how, how are you on chopsticks, Jay? I was reasonably decent when we went to a place called Hang Ah, H-A-N-G space A-H. Okay. Oldest Chinese dim sum tea room 
in America. Now, are you a dim sum lover? I became one that day. It's It's hard to find it necessarily in Milwaukee. There are a few places. I was able to use chopsticks on the the pork buns. And those pork buns Mm. are out of this world. Think of the softest dumpling you've ever eaten, eaten in your life. And inside of it, you have really sweet barbecue pork. And not overwhelming and not oh. that biting, almost makes your eyes water type barbecue, perfectly uh, a ration of barbecue sauce or whatever it is they use inside to die for. Spectacular. Have you ever walked the other place that we went to? You ever walked the Golden Gate Bridge? Absolutely. Yep. That oh was a gosh. must. That was an absolute must. Now, the Golden Gate Bridge is kind of an anomaly in and of itself because people told the 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 um people who are considering building it it this is never going to fly this right. bri- this bridge cannot be built well there it is there it is it's like 50 some stories tall yeah it yep and i remember seeing a documentary on it how they had to build it in such a way that they could withstand earthquakes yeah yep. it had to be so strong yet so in one sense pliable like when we walked the, that bridge you had 30 40 mile an hour winds we could feel it sway a little bit, but you have to have the sway in order to make sure, particularly in earthquakes, it doesn't topple over. Well, and you mentioned the wind. You want to, f- for sure, in November, make sure you're dressed po- properly for walking across that bridge because it's pretty windy. We had windbreakers on. We had our brewers, windbreakers, and sweats- there you go. sweatshirts. That and that day, was so we summer. Yes. Yeah. Who was it that said... The coldest winter I've ever experienced was a summer in San Francisco. That's yeah. a, I forget who, who said that quote, but it's a, it's a famous quote about how you have to prepare for summers in San Francisco. But November and December is spectacular. And we as Wisconsinites are always prepared. Don't you think yep. that everybody's got an arsenal of uh, light jacket, heavy jacket, gloves, scarf, hat, anything that you might need when we go traveling to see the Packers because one never knows what what you're going to get. So in San Francisco, it is definitely uh, a little bit of a crapshoot with regard to the weather. Um, you have to look at a map. I mean, people, I think people get very confused because they think, well, it's San Diego, it's LA, and then it's San Francisco. Yeah. So it's nothing like the first two I mentioned. Exactly. It rarely gets below 35. It rarely gets above 70, which I think is one reason why so many people want to live out there. I think you're absolutely right. Yep, for sure. Now, what else did we miss about San Francisco well, what besides we, what, what, what I we want? What we also want to do is we want to tell the, the listeners that this Levi Stadium is about 30 miles away from San Francisco. It's a hike. So one has to make some arrangements if you decide not to go with a car, if you decide that you're going to use public transportation for all of your San Francisco. Uh, sightseeing. How are you going to get to Santa Clara? That's what you have to kind of keep in mind. And so what I have heard from my friends who are going to be going out there this particular um, uh, game, they've got a car rented from a downtown San Francisco location for the day. And they're taking a car because they want to be able to tailgate. They want to be able to experience the stadium and, and public transportation was proving to be a little bit more challenging for them so that they didn't want to uh, risk it and they're, they are renting a car for the day. And you can, as, as you're mentioning, tailgate in San Francisco. Uh, I know that in other parts of California, stadiums with big parking lots, you can't tailgate with any sort of a, of a grill because of the risk of what's been happening out there. 
fires, forest right. fires. Right, precisely. So um, if we decide that we're going to have disposable grills along so that we can cook our Johnsonville brats, you'd, <laughs> you'd be okay there. But yeah, that's that's something else to take into consideration as well. But that's a little bit farther south than we are uh, looking at this point. If people decide to rent cars, what are some great day trips you can take from San Francisco? Well, I definitely, Sausalito uh, is, a, is a ferry ride away. So I don't know if you had an opportunity to do that at all. We didn't. Uh, well, I'm kind of a deadhead at, nice. at heart. So I did do some of the Grateful Dead journey in that neck of the woods. And so that's kind of a fun thing to do as well. Hearst Castle, definitely. And then we know that there are so many people now that are finally learning about the wonderful, delightful thing we call wine. You know, for the longest time, we Wisconsinites only drank our beer and never thought anything about wine. And many of us are now becoming uh, lovers of, I will not say connoisseurs of fine wine, I will say lovers of fine wine. And you are in Sonoma, and you are in Napa, and you are in that general vicinity. Those are all day trips uh, from San Francisco. So if you want to do that, that would be an, a great opportunity. I would have to research this. I don't know this off the top of my head. If former Packer Charles Woodson's wine company offers tours or not. You know, I don't know if he's company. still doing wine. That's Is true. That, I think he might be done with that. But uh, there's a couple of them, actually. And people think, oh, if you don't go to Napa in uh, harvest season, you're missing out on something. I disagree. Actually, I just had a meeting with some people who are considering celebrating a very special milestone 50th birthday with about 12 of their friends in Napa uh, the 12th of December. Wow. So it's not an area where you can't go. The weather is never going to prevent you from going to these wineries. They may not be producing or they may not be as active as they would be during harvest season, but certainly tastings are always available when you go to a winery. Now, if Packers fans want to go through Fox World Travel to pick up some tickets, pick up a quick hotel package if they're deciding, hey, we're listening to this podcast, or all of a sudden we're like, We've got the week before weekend before Thanksgiving open. Let's go. What do they do? Well, if you just call us at 866-GO-FOX-GO, we can help you. Now, we always have people who say, I just need tickets. I have relatives out there. I need everything. I need everything from transportation to get there to I want the tailgate party. I want it all. We obviously can help you go through Events USA and make that happen as well. Outstanding. Rose Gray, our travel expert. Here at WTMJ, your show every Saturday morning on WTMJ. Thank you so much for chiming in and joining us on Jay Talker. My pleasure. Special thanks to Randy Cross and to Rose Gray for their perspectives on San Francisco and so much more as the Packers take on the 49ers on November 24th. We'll talk to you next week here on the Jay Talking Podcast. And again, help support our effort for WTMJ Cares by going to WTMJ.com slash WTMJ Cares or raising money for Operation Glory for Stars and Stripes Honor Flight to send an entire plane of veterans from Milwaukee to those veterans' memorials in Washington, D.C. and give them a day of a lifetime. WTMJ.com slash WTMJ Cares to donate. Help make that flight happen. Have a great Wisconsin Sports Week.